0: Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith.
1: Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. I want to remind you all that you can always download all of our programs on your podcast app please go ahead and do that and pass our programs on to everybody around you. What we do is we aim to keep you all informed and educated on all things regarding the dignity of human life. I have joining me right now a wonderful new guest, somebody who I have just recently learned about and I'm so excited about the project that he's involved in. I have with me right now Father Jason Sharon, who is a Catholic priest. Actually, he works at a Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. He's the pastor at the holy trinity ukrainian catholic church he also teaches he's got so many accolades behind him that it's just it's it's amazing i'm going to have him tell us a little bit about himself and the reason why i have father jason on because he's got a very exciting project that he's working on so without any more further ado father jason thank you thank you so much for joining us
2: oh well thank you molly for inviting me and it's an honor to be here I'm a Ukrainian Catholic priest, married with seven children, one grandchild on the way. Ooh, I've been a priest for. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've been a, a priest for over 15 years, and in addition to my pastoral responsibilities as pastor in the Pittsburgh and Wheeling area, I've also taught everything from elementary school through to graduate level classes. I'm a spiritual director at a seminary, and I'm a speaker. So. That's basically uh, me in a, in a nutshell
1: you know I heard about you from from a mutual friend from one of our one of somebody that's w- works very closely with me here in the Cleveland area and has been very instrumental in helping us to get our bringing America back to life convention set up and running and going um, and actually we've we've been going for fifteen years so very so we've got some overlaps here which is awesome <laughs> so um, so you I, I wanted to, to, to I, I know a little bit about you father jason um i know you and i spoke probably about a month ago to because i'd heard that you're you're um engaged right now in trying to put together a beautiful monument that would re- recognize and appreciate and give honor to all of those millions and millions of little unborn children that have been killed and slaughtered as a result of the dreadful Roe v. Wade decision. And now we've got, you know, more and more decisions coming through via state by state. We're actually going backwards, not forward, when it comes to abortion in, in our states and in our culture. Can you give me a little bit of, before we get to to the monument and what you've been doing, I want to know, I want the listeners to know a little bit more about Father Jason. Who are you? Why are you so passionate about this? You, you, you mentioned you've got seven seven children and one grandchild, on the, a child on the way. Obviously, children are extremely important in your life. What brought you to where you are today?
2: Well, it was the pro life movement. I was uh, raised uh, in Canada, actually, uh, and I was raised really with with nothing. Like a lot of young men, I was raised. Uh, my religion was just kind of you know sports and entertainment, and uh, uh, my life revolved around that. And uh, when I had a uh, a conversion experience. I was um, in my early teens, um, and uh, that began a journey of me asking questions about, you know, the, the perennial questions, but especially into the practical question of life. When does life begin? And um, I was sympathetic to abortion, um, and I um, had a friend. And her, his mother, uh, Bernadette, was insistent that I really uh, examine those questions and she would pro- push and prod uh, gently but consistently on on these issues. You know, if, if that is a human life, then, you know, can we be taking it? And, uh, you know, it just caused me to squirm intellectually um, on, on this question. And I, I came to the point of, of realizing that, um, you know, this is an absolute, that this if it is a human life as it obviously is that it has to be defended at all costs. And if it's not human life, then just do with it wherever you want, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, uh, I came to the conclusion that this is, uh, the, 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 the foremost right, uh, the foremost fight right now mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the right for life, because if you don't have life, you have none of the other Absolutely. subsequent, uh, rights that, you know, adhere to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and that led me into, uh, kind of a spiritual quest as well. And, and she was instrumental in bringing me, uh, into the, into the faith, uh, the Catholic church and, uh, practicing the Catholic faith. And, um, uh, so I've always felt um, indebted to the pro-life movement uh, from from that point on. That was in like 1992. And um, after that, um, you know, I was in the seminary about three or four years, about three years actually, when I, I visited my mother and had a, you know, the Precious Feet lapel pin. You probably have seen those, yeah, Molly. Your listeners have probably yeah. seen them. And I had that on. And, you know, my mother said, what's that? And I explained it to her. And, you know, she began to, to cry and uh, at that point I learned that I was never to have been born um, and that, um, you know, the fact that uh, I, I was born was was a miracle, um, that she had, uh, um, you know, had an experience with uh, with abortion and uh, subsequently, you know, she couldn't carry children and a doctor told her that she would never be able to carry, you know, a, a child to, to term. So that really gave me the impetus that i'm all in i i I have a voice, and I had better use it because uh, uh of of my unique circumstances. Um, I have no other alternative i I have to speak not only do I want to, but I must um so when when I was uh discerning my vocation, I um, happened through uh, the <laughs> miraculous intervention of God to have um, you know come into contact with that one small part of the Catholic Church where Priests are married and, uh, um, I, I, uh, you know, joined the Ukrainian Catholic Church and my wife, Helena and I, we've been blessed with, uh, seven beautiful children. So that's kind of, you know, my investment in this. It's, it's who I am and I have no alternative other than to, um, you know, to give, to give my life. To, to God and uh, uh, in, in defense of the holy innocence.
1: You know, that, that's that's profound. What an amazing journey you've been on, Father Jason. I mean, I look at that and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, even God bless your mother, you know, that she would give you that knowledge that, that you can that you could take, you know, maybe some mistakes she's made and glory comes out of it. Just, I am always amazed at God. Why should I be amazed at God? I shouldn't be, but <laughs> But I always am. It's like, you know, he takes these terrible situations and, and, and turns them if we allow him. And I think that's one of the things that, you a little bit of talking that I've done with you. This is what, this is what I've heard from you is that if, you know, if we open ourselves to his will, amazing things can happen so you know i'm i 'm sure you 've got many stories like that 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 you can tell as you became a priest as you you know as you 've gone through this whole thing as you now are in the seminary i 'm sure there were a thousand different times when you 've seen this happen, so Father, as we go forward and i 'm thinking of all the things that you 've just told me with regards to your mother and where you came from, and you know all of these things and god's amazing power of being able to take things that are that are that are so tragic and, and, and sort of out of the norm and turn it for his glory. So we get to where you are today. And today you are spearheading something that is absolutely amazing. Why a memorial to the unborn? Why this particular way of, of showing your respect and
2: love for the human life? Because we have to go back to the first things. And the first things are uh, God and the worship of him. And uh, out of that flows everything else. Uh, if we are centered on on Christ, then it changes hearts and that changes families and that changes society and culture. And then it's culture that changes uh, law and um, finance and you name it. All of that is downstream from culture and culture is downstream from the cult. And our cult is ultimately focused on God. Or it is an evil cult, which is focused on death. And that's why we, we uh, John Paul II, used the term culture of death and culture of life. Um, culture is, is connected intimately to the one whom we worship. And if we're worshiping, you know, the God of life the only true life giver uh then we are going to uh, imbibe and live in that same life so uh this this whole uh, uh discussion of abortion um i felt um that the church wasn't really doing its job and the church is not to be an advocacy um uh, organization it's not to be a lobby it's not to be a pr firm for uh good social causes none of that uh the purpose of the church is to offer holy and righteous oblation sacrifice to god in reparation for our sins and to heal us uh, spiritually by the forgiveness of those sins so uh the, i felt the church needed to go back to the first things and that means um offering a place where people can um uh make reparation to god for uh their sins against life and family and also uh To, to have a holy, dedicated place, uh, in our country where people can come and make reparation, um, and make offering, uh, for, for their involvement in this culture of death. And the truth is, Molly, we're all involved in it. We're Mm -hmm. all implicated Mm -hmm. in, in various, in various, uh, levels, some directly, some indirectly, um, some with, you know, whether voluntarily and some not so voluntarily, but in, in one measure or another, we're all, we're all caught up in this culture of, of, uh, of death. And, uh, we need to have a dedicated place, uh, dedicated to, uh, the mother of the living mary the holy protect, protect protectress yeah. sorry yeah. and uh, that's that's uh uh what I came to see is that the church has to go back to the first things and that means offering uh, a pure oblation uh, on a holy altar that's specifically dedicated to make reparation to him it 's like what You know, Moses did in Exodus 17, uh, in the battle against Amalek, when he won that war, wasn't the end of the big, it wasn't the end of the, sorry, he he won the battle, it wasn't the end of the whole war, but he offered up, uh, an altar, a banner altar, uh, to give thanks to God, and, uh, it became not only a place of, uh, a conduit of, of, uh, of graces, Uh, But it was a place of thanksgiving as well. Mm -hmm. And we need that because the battle we have now is far greater than that uh, which Moses and the Israelites faced against Amalek. Uh, We are facing um, uh, a culture of death. And it's spearheaded by people who are very much, very much convinced in uh, the spiritual origin of this. And these are people who serve, you know, the prince of darkness. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to fight an uneven war. If they're going to use spiritual weapons, we ought to all the more since we are sons and daughters of the most high.
1: You know, I I listened to one of the interviews that you gave with somebody very recently, and and it was very interesting because you you talk about how oftentimes throughout the whole history of mankind that we have had to have – that in order to get to where we need to be, we have to have an altar. We have to – Go somewhere where, you know, there is an offer, we can do those offerings. That was profound for me because you're so right. Yes, do we have an altar on the altar of, you know, within our churches where we, you know, where we go through the mass and all of that kind of stuff. But this would be a dedicated from what I'm understanding. This would be dedicated to the millions of children that have died, the millions of sins that have been committed and whether we like it or not. And, and as tragic and all as it is for every woman, every mother who has aborted their child and many of them are have recognized that and, and are grieving for it and have asked for that for, for forgiveness but it's still there we you know there are still so many that do not see that and you're absolutely right the culture needs to be changed so this idea of of building an altar to, to tell you know to to give people something visual I thought it was amazing just an amazing idea
2: well I wish I could take credit for it but it, it's simply a continuation of our of our great deep and beautiful tradition um, going back to the early, early Christians that they would raise altars um, for, uh, for various, you um, know, honor of various saints, you know, uh, they would carry the, 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 the relics of the saints with them. Um, they would uh, offer liturgies for, uh, to, to, to defend themselves against the Turk who was at the, at the gate of Vienna. They would offer uh, liturgy for um you know the the missionaries who are off in in foreign and hostile lands, um, this is our great weapon, and it is the sacrifice of the of, of the cross. it is his resurrected body and blood, and it is present at every single altar and he 's given it to us he 's given it to us. Do this in memory of me, mm-hmm. and all we have to do is just follow his commandment to do this and uh, this is what this mission is, is that we need uh, to raise up a dedicated altar that we can, uh, the whole nation can turn to and say, Lord, we are contrite, we are sorry, we know we have done wrong, we are a stiff-necked people, but we ask you by the blood of your son that is called down upon this altar, uh, that by his blood we would be healed Mm -hmm. and that our children and our children's children would turn away from this form of Moloch worship, which we have fallen into as a nation, which the ancient Israelites have fallen into it, fell into as well. We are no different than the stiff necked Israelites of old. We have fallen into the same worship of Moloch and we ask that through the body and blood of the innocent, only begotten son of God, our sins would be uh, blotted away and the, 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 the children that, that we have, um, stolen from their mother's wombs that they would be received into your everlasting kingdom.
1: Father Jason, where are you within this project? What, what needs to happen to make it a reality?
2: First, I need your people to pray, to pray and to pray. Um, and as they're praying, I have, uh, people, um, praying on our site so that it actually is right now a place where people come and pray, uh, here in the Pittsburgh area. Um, but then, uh, we, we as a team are, um, in the design phase right now. So we have, uh, we've, we've retained, uh, a magnificent, well-known, uh, Catholic architect, uh, James McCreary out of CUA in Washington, D.C., uh, and LGA partners in Pittsburgh, uh, to be the design team. So they are, as we speak, finishing off the design component of this national shrine, uh, where people will be able to have a, an awe inspiring experience of the divine. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they see this and they're, they're hit in the heart that God is Real and his mercy is present, so that's where we are right now. We have the design team doing their work, we have um uh friends in in the development side who are doing feasibility study uh for us right now as well. And um, uh, so that's that's
1: funding. How how are we gonna fund this?
2: Yes yeah, so uh the the, the uh, once we finish the design work and the development team uh we're hoping by the beginning of uh of March that we'll be able to uh to begin our uh, our um, fundraising um so that's that's the goal um and uh right now we we don't have the uh uh, oh, sorry. Right now we do have um, a website. I meant to say <laughs> uh, we have a website, uh, Holy Protection Shrine uh, dot org, uh, where people can uh, can donate. But uh, this isn't yet our capital fund. This is uh, a lot of this is to cover, you know, the startup, uh, the design uh, fees, uh, and with that we hope to go to um, uh, donors with uh, you know detailed architectural drawings Absolutely. of what this magnificent shrine will look like.
1: So it's Holy Protection. Shrine. Shrine. Okay. And I will put uh, that on the website folks dot org. I will put yeah. that up on our website so that if you want to help and, and you want to go and look at it and, and, uh, uh, you know, provide your support to Father Jason, I think that would be a great way to do this. What yeah. kind of, re- sorry, go ahead here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the the unique thing about this um, Molly is that it's not just a um, a place where people come to pray. It, it is a pilgrimage uh, place. There is no. This is something we've lost in our heritage is pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a pilgrimage site uh, where people can come and you know w- walk a day two days three days uh however long they want to make this pilgrimage uh and and uh revive a lost custom that used to be a penance that people uh, were given was a to go on a pilgrimage but it's also a, a a museum uh so that uh the the witness the names and the heroism of brave men and women. Uh, in the pro-life movement, uh, will be showcased for everyone to see. And this is something that we really need to do. Uh, the left, they, they really, um, kind of, um, canonize their heroes who really are not heroes. They're supporters of, of abortion and what have you and godlessness. But uh, this is something we need to do, is we need to memorialize the heroic virtue of the men and women in this country who, over the past 50 years, have lost their freedom, their livelihood, their fortunes, in order to defend little children who will never be able to thank them face-to-face. And then a, a home for the unwed mothers as well, so that the faith of the mind uh, the faith of the heart and the faith of the hands are all held together so that people can say, yeah, they're not only against abortion and for life, but they're giving practical, uh, solutions as well in their home for the unwed mothers. Wow. So that's our project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What kind of response are you getting from the church? I mean, are you, are you getting full, full cooperation from the church? I'm, I'm Hope. assuming you are.
2: Very, very much so. Yeah, my my bishop Boldon uh, in in Parma, uh, Ohio, has been very supportive. My archbishop in um, the Ukrainian Catholic Archbishop in Philadelphia. Um, I met with uh, you know Bishop Zubik in Pittsburgh, and he he really liked the idea. I've spoken to uh, a few other bishops um and all of them are saying the same thing that this is something that's not only beautiful but very much needed.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You also I have to let everybody know that Father Jason Sharon is not only uh, doing this for the unborn but he is also a, um if you look up his name you'll see that he's also been involved in in rescuing little orphans from the Ukraine. So you, you yes. you're a multi a multifaceted man.
2: <laughs> well, you know, uh, we rescued those twenty-two uh, orphans. We left here this the the day the war started. We heard about it. We got on the first flight uh, to get over there, and you know, God was with us. And um, uh, but it, it is we have to understand that we're not in a military or a cultural war. We're in a spiritual we're in war. A
1: spiritual war.
2: yeah. And and uh, the Prince of Darkness, he hates. Life. He hates human life because it is made in the image and likeness of the life giver himself. Yeah. So no matter what we do, we can never appease his hatred. He will always hate us yeah. and his little ones, whether they're born or pre-born or in Canada, whether near the the end of life, you know, with euthanasia, yeah. Yeah. is he wants to remove all of us because we are reminders of the one whom he rebelled against. Uh, so we, we turn to, uh, the life giver, Christ our God, and ask that we become more like him, that we put on his light, and in that light, others may see the uncreated light of, of God eternal.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I remember listening, hearing once about, you know, the fact that the, and it, it's a biblical principle somewhere in the Bible, and I can't, I can't pull the, the verse out of my head, but it was about the fact that the only thing that Lucifer cannot do, and that is to, me, create new life. So that's why he hates us so much. He hates the fact that that's one of the things he cannot do. And we have to recognize, and I think you, you talk about this in a couple of the, the uh, YouTube videos I've, I've watched on you, Father. Um, it, you know, the fact that don't, don't underestimate Satan. Don't underestimate him because he's an incred- a much smarter than all of us. So we've just, we've got to turn to God as we go through with all of this stuff.
2: Well, as St. John Vianney said, he's like a, a menacing barking dog, but he's on the leash. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so if, if you choose to go close to that dog on a leash, you're going to, you're going to get bit. But, um, if you, if you stay close to the Blessed Mother, uh, to the angels, the saints, and of course, the Lord himself, uh, there's nothing he can do to harm you. But of course, we live in a culture which, you know, blithely walks towards the, uh, the, the dog and, um, is, is, uh, ignorant of, of, uh, of the the danger he poses to our eternal souls. So, you know, this project is just to remind people of the, our first love and that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And if we can keep our eyes focused on him, then everything else will align. The issues of life, family, basic happiness, beauty, music, poetry will come back into our land and and happiness in our families. Family. Uh, we, so true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to be focused on the life giver. And that means offering uh uh doing what he he's told us to do is offer do this in remembrance of me that's all we have to do
1: absolutely absolutely Father Jason Sharon, look him up on on the internet and you'll find all kinds of amazing things about this wonderful man who has decided that he's going to do something, do something as well as pray as well as go to all of those, you know do all the things we've been but he's building this amazing monument and and again, father, can you give your the website where people can go and learn some more and perhaps make
2: donations to you? Yes, it's holyprotectionshrine.org
1: Perfect. God bless you lots, Father. I'm hoping we can get you to Cleveland.
2: Thank you, Molly. God bless you and your listeners. Thank you.
1: Take care. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail
0: to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, news at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.